Welcome to The Ageless Factor with Alita St. James. Each episode features the leading cutting-edge experts in the field of regeneration, longevity, and agelessness. Together, we'll break through the stigma of aging and learn the secrets of winding up and not down at any age. Hi, Alita St. James here, and I am so excited about this segment with Dr. Barbara. It's sexuality and agelessness. Now, I'm not going to date myself, but I had the lead in the Amsterdam production of Hair in Amsterdam, which was a very wild, crazy, free place. And sexuality in the 60s was like out there. So we did the nude scene beads, flowers, freedom, happiness, everything was open. So now, a few years later, we're looking at sexuality in agelessness, and we're looking at people like Dolly Parton and Cher, and who's that one that's 84 years old? Fonda, Jane Fonda, right? She's still going strong. Actually, I heard behind the scenes that Cher can have a very much younger boyfriend, and of course, I say, yay, Cher. The thing that I find interesting at this particular age is that women en masse can start to feel like they're not sexual anymore. They don't like to go to the gym. They don't feel like they should keep themselves looking, you know, sexy and beautiful because they don't get the feedback they used to get from their partners, males in general. And so they close down. And I was talking to Dr. Barbara about this, who was noted as the top psychiatrist in New York Magazine in New York, which I think is amazing, among other things. And the other things are sexuality and intimacy, and she's written books on it. She's amazing. So I was so excited that she would connect with me today to inspire you to connect back into your sexuality. So I was talking to Barbara and I said, Dr. Barbara, why do women like shut down? Because I never really did. And she said, take it away, Dr. Barbara. Well, I do believe that women should continue to be very sexual after they go through menopause. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of women do shut down. Actually, more than half do and become uninterested in sex. But it is possible to boost it up with many different things from nutritional supplements to technological devices to mindfulness. You can do a great deal. So you don't have to shut down. Um, No. And you know what, Dr. Barbara, you pointed out something that was really profound to me is that women, and it's really true. Think about it. Women as women, we get our sexuality off our partners or our boyfriends or whatever. And if for some reason your husband hits 60 and all of a sudden the testosterone goes down, his estrogen goes up, your testosterone goes up, your estrogen goes down, you know, you have the, you know, just the position of things, then all of a sudden you don't feel desired. You don't feel sexual. So you just shut down. You see, I like to tell my patients that they should try to maintain a regular sexual relationship with their partner, whether they feel like it or not. They should make the effort because once you start to make the effort and get into the rhythm, you realize all the benefits and you keep it going. 
for instance, every time you have an orgasm, you release massive amounts of all of the neurotransmitters. And that is very healthy. It's like washing your brain. And it, it's very good for your brain. It, it fights depression. I, in fact, I'm convinced that people who don't have orgasms, who go into sexual retirement, I think they are more likely to get depressed and suffer from other types of mental illness. Wow. I've never really, you know, I've studied Tantra, Dr. Barbara, and all things that I never realized that that orgasm was that important, especially Chinese medicine. It's all about that for the woman. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there have been studies that look at the um, frequency of orgasm in men and they, they have better health. They have better immune function, better cardiovascular function when they have more frequent orgasms. So there are health health benefits, but it's a, a chicken or the egg problem. We don't know which came first in that case, but I encourage people to keep it up. Okay. So I'm going to present this to you, right? So I have clients that come in, women that are frustrated, like, I don't know, I have more sex drive than my husband or my partner or whatever. And I always say, they're not going to like this, but check their testosterone levels. Because if their testosterone levels are down, their sex desire is going to go down. And most of the times men say, and they often say the thing, it's hysterical, I'm good, I'm okay. And then say, okay, honey, but let's just check it out. Because maybe your idea of okay I'm not feeling it from you. And what used to be there is not there anymore. So now I don't feel desired, loved, and I'm starting to shut down. So what do you say about that, Dr. Barbara? You put your finger on a very important thing that happens all the time. Okay, let's say a couple has a problem in the bedroom. Maybe he has erectile disorder, which happens, you know, as men age. Instead of working with it, trying to figure out what to do, seeing a doctor, doing the hundreds of things you could do to help that problem, they stop, They just stop having sex together. And then she, since she's used to him being the one who initiates, she does not initiate, okay? So women need to also take charge and express what they want and, and, and do some, some of the initiating. And sometimes they can bring their partner along. And sometimes men feel better when they are not always put in the um, position of having to take an active role, especially if they're having a health problem. Right. So, you know, I do think there's, and women are the ones who go to the doctors more often. Men don't go to the doctor, so they don't address their problem. I have several patients in my practice right now who have that problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I'm doing fertility as well, because I had twins at 57, I'm now 76. And 40% of the fertility problems come from the male sperm. And it takes weeks to get, drag them in to get it, you know, processed to find out that it's not the woman, it's the man. But this is now, Barbara, this brings up a real thing that I see in my practice because I deal with the emotional, primal imprints. A lot of women, because of religious reasons, family, whatever, are very ashamed of sex. They're ashamed of their, you know, their vagina, their breasts, they cover up, they're under the covers, they don't feel free. And so for them to start initiating, it's a hard thing. Also, just giving themselves orgasms, like if you don't have a partner, you can actually pleasure yourself and bring yourself to orgasm. And Dr. Barbara was saying to me, do you realize that it's in your brain? 
talk a little bit about that because that most women and most men don't even know that. But that the orgasm can actually start in your brain. Yes. I encourage patients, let's say they don't have a partner. Let's say they're, you know, it's a bad marriage. It's a sexless marriage. Or let's say their spouse has died or they've been divorced and their spouse has gone to, to a younger woman, which happens there all the time. I think that woman should maintain her sexual health and self-stimulate to orgasm. I think it's extremely important for her health and mental well-being. But as you say, women are not raised that way, that a lot of women wouldn't think of doing that. And it is bad for them. And they go in and then before you know it, their vagina is dry and sore. And, and, they, and then when they get into a relationship, it's work to get it back so that you have a sexual relationship. So yeah. I think they keep it going, even though they're alone. So when you think about it in a religious context, and I was brought up Catholic, I was not, I was in the 60s, so I wasn't really the normal Catholic girl. And I went to Europe very young, went to English drama school and did the whole thing. But the fact of the matter is that any idea of you pleasuring yourself outside of getting pregnant with a man, like that's the reason you have sex, to get pregnant, was taboo. I mean, forget it. You can look at Tantra, you can start to study, you know, all the sexual energy, like sexual consciousness books and things of that nature. But for you, oh, and Mama Gina, Mama Gina, I met right after I had my children. She is hysterical, but her whole thing is about woman's sexuality. And she has workshops on that. But actually to fall in love with your vagina, with your breast, to actually feel that energy, because that's your sexual power. Those are your lower chakras, your first and your second. Deal with your grounding, your sexuality, bringing children into the world and creating. And when you block that off, you block your life off. So yes, I've had stem cells and I've gone to Mexico and I do, you know, all different kinds of things to keep me regenerating. But one of the things, the main thing that regenerates me is I go into the fifth and seventh dimension to channel that higher spiritual energy. And I have the Kundalini energy from the bottom chakras that come up light my fire, go up into my solar plexus, my heart center, the throat, the third eye, and then up and then back down again. So that creates kind of a radiance that stem cells or anything else that you're taking peptides cannot do. They just can't. So you want to radiate when you're like, sometimes, all right, um, I've got two kids, twi you know, 19 years old. They're going through their stuff. I have a full practice, et cetera. I'll put on country and Western music. So for me, maybe in my life, I skipped that. And I went into R&B or whatever. And I was the singer and had a rock band. But the fact of the matter, I just put my ear pods in. I get them to work. And I'm listening to Luke Combs and, you know, country girl, shake your thing and blah, 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 blah. And I get myself ready instead of meditating for a half hour with spiritual music because I'm using my lower chakras. And I can go into a fantasy of being in a truck and, you know, driving down in Georgia and having a great time. So when I do that, my sexuality, my spirituality, and my life is connected again. And that's what Dr. Barber and I are talking about. Like, you're, it's not over because you're a certain age. I mean, I'm going to live to 100. You are shining. How about 
Barbara. How long are you going to live to? Twenty <laughs> or hundred? I I hope as long as possible. You know what you're doing is great. Dancing, movement, exercise, music. These are all things that are inspirational and can get your juices flowing. So I think that's a very good thing. I use cognitive behavioral therapy in um, my practice. Often women don't feel sexual because they don't like an aspect of their body or they catch a glimpse of themselves in the mirror. And they can't imagine that that's them because they think, you know, of how they used to look when they were younger. But, you know, you can take those negative thoughts and replace them with positive thoughts. Okay, think about wonderful things about yourself. Replace the negative with the positive. And, or get, get into your sexual fantasy. You know, a lot of women don't use sexual fantasy. Not and that's why can't turn themselves on. I think that about half of my women who have difficulty having orgasms is because they don't know how to use fantasy. Uh, but mm-hmm. the power of the brain is very important. The physical part is only half. The brain is real is the other half. And those fantasies, you have to just let yourself go into a fantasy. It, 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 it's erotic. So erotica, when erotica comes in, there's no boundaries. So you have to just go with that fantasy, whatever that is. A lot of women don't like pornography because it's very male-directed. Um, mm-hmm. It's the kind of things that men like, the, t- the types of um, visuals that men like. So there are numerous websites that have pornography that is good for women. I shouldn't say pornography, erotica that's good for mm. women. Erotic right. literature, audio, visual art gallery on the Dodson and Ross website. That's one of them. And OMG, yes, many of my pre-orgasmic women just browse around that website and they learn how to have an orgasm. It's wonderful. You know, know, that is so important. I mean, contact Dr. Barbara and find out because I will bet that many of you women that are listening to this podcast do not have fantasies. You did. We just don't. It's supposed to be turned on by the man. He touches you in certain parts. You get turned on and there it is. But the fact of the matter is there's a whole other level of erotica that isn't, doesn't have to be, you know, crazy sex, but it certainly can stimulate that energy inside of you to have an orgasm and to go beyond your normal orgasm. You know, you should be able to do multiple orgasms, right. not just one, right, Dr. Barbara? That's right. Women are capable of multiple orgasms. A lot of women are just satisfied with one. They're, they're happy to stop at that point. But others need, I've had women who have 25 orgasms in one mm-hmm. session. Yeah. Uh, and then they, and they don't feel satisfied until they've had a certain number. Did their husbands or their partners live through all this? 25 orgasms is a lot. Who are these men? We have to have a conversation. This one woman had 25 orgasms when she was a young woman to me as an older postmenopausal woman and she thought something was wrong with her because she could only have eight oh my god oh my god the man that has to you know keep up with her he desires five stars you know most men would be like oh my god you know yeah out of here but i want to also bring up look i come from a show business background i've worked with strippers you know in their emotional healing and all that stuff and I asked one stripper, I said, which stripper out of your whole score situation uh, gets the most attention? And she said, the one that has the best attitude. Right. So I said, so it's not the one that has the best body. She said, 
Mm-mm. No, it's the attitude. That's so right. You get some lingerie. So let's just say you don't like your hips and your uh, whatever, cellulite, yada. I have news for you. And I know this because I've worked with a lot of men in my career and also in, a, you know, energy healing. Men do not take out the microscope and look at, oh, my God, there is a stretch mark. Here is cellulite. Up, oh, boobs are hanging. For some reason, it's beyond that. They yeah. just get into you sexually. Women are the opposite. They know every single whatever. And they're, you're thinking that the man's looking at you and looking at your stretch mark. He is not. So wear something like this, like see-through, a little whatever. Do not have fluorescent lights going on. Anybody would look like an elephant with a fluorescent light. I'm sorry. You don't do that. You soft lighting. Red light. Yes. The red light. You put the candles on. You have the nice music. You know, the most exciting thing is a turned on partner. That's the most exciting thing. So a a woman, I, I tell my women to be selfish and greedy about sex. You know, don't. Don't hold back. Don't be shy. Go for what you need and enjoy it. And, the, and that will turn your partner on when they see you very excited. Such a great point. I am telling you, women, if you, that's a lot of women fake orgasms. Yeah, you know that, right? No, yes. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, no. and then they want to really have one. Like, what am I going to do now, Alita? I faked it for two years, yeah. and now I have to tell them, you have to go more to the right, you have to go more to the left, you have to do such and whatever. And when we get over it, you have to breathe and then be honest. If you're honest with a man and he's listening, now that's another thing I found, Dr. Barbara, some men just don't listen. They feel like they should know. You can be saying, oh, just go deeper or just go to the side or that hurts, and they don't, they're not listening because they think they know. So then you have to get into some kind of therapy session with Dr. Barber or myself, where we can, you know, navigate. No, this is what you need to do. It's not like you don't know how to do it. It's just that every woman and your woman is different. They're not all the same. Men that have slept with a lot of women know that. You, you know when you're sleeping with a man if he's had a background because they're immediately going, okay, this, nope, that, oh, okay, daughter. And then they're in, all right, because they're feeling they're pleasuring you and that's one of their main focuses, to pleasure you. That's what pleasures them. If they feel like you haven't had an orgasm, you can't get turned on, you're shy, you feel guilty, anything of that nature, it shuts them down. A man that wants to be masculine out in the world, if his woman doesn't make him feel like she's turning him on, it closes him down. And you can, you can right. just see it. When yeah. a man feels empowered by a feminine energy of sexuality like i want you you know in the country western side that's so funny they go they're very simple you know come here girl i want to dance boom gone you know you're right in there so whatever the words are whatever that thing is go for it you know i've had men patients like that and w- when they feel that they can't satisfy their partner they feel dejected they look mm-hmm. around and think i bet his wife is enjoying it I, they they get envious of other men. It is like the saddest thing. So yes, it's up really basically up to the woman to you know make sure that she gets what she needs. She has to be assertive. We have to yeah. do. It's like we have to do assertiveness training with women to get them to just say what they want because they right. are 
used to taking the passive role. Yeah, or faking an orgasm because they're afraid they can't have one. Then the guy's getting exhausted and then he's getting irritated. Then he wants a blowjob. You know, that's another one I get from women. I mean, Barbara's like, you know. You know what we do in sex therapy, when a woman is capable of pleasuring herself to orgasm and, you know, but she can't do it in front of him, we tell her to let him lie in the bed next to her, face away from her so he can't see and stimulate herself until she comes. And yeah. then we gradually bring him closer and more involved. But he can't be too involved because, you know, she's she's not used to having him there. But it's it's a, it gets to be a very, it can be very pleasurable. And that's one thing we do with couples who are having that problem. Yeah. And it's a trust thing. It's like you're with a man. He's with you. You need to move into a place where you both want to get an orgasm. You both want to have a sexual connection, which is one of the best connections you can have in a relationship. You know, if I'm in a sexually... <laughs> happening relationship, I can have the biggest fight with the guy that I'm with, with my man. And as soon as he goes, baby, boom, it's over. You know, you just transition. But if you don't have any sex going on there, no sexual energy, it's like fighting and me and whatever. Oh, it's you're right. so right about that. You know, yeah. when couples connect sexually, it's like, it's like starting over again. You know, uh, the yeah. anger from the fights of the week, it's just dissipated. So I really recommend that my couples try to have sex once a week. And if that's once every other week, but don't let it go much longer than that because you need that connection. And you know, when you have an orgasm, oxytocin is released five times the normal amount. That's the bonding hormone. So whoever you're with at that moment, you bond just like a mother and a baby bond, oxytocin secreted. And that causes the milk letdown. And it's that bonding that occurs. And, and, and uh, so I do think it's really essential that couples keep this alive. And that's where women get in trouble. Dr. Barber, it's, it's like a classic. Like if you're, if this is like an ex murderer, don't sleep with him. Because as soon as you sleep with him, chemicals get released and you're going to bond. He won't, oh, yeah. but you will. So you want to pick the right guy that you're having your oxytocin experience with and your bonding experience with, because then you're stuck. Exactly. And the women are likely to get stuck than the men. Okay. Men don't have as high levels of oxytocin. Okay. Oh, that's so interesting. To play around with somebody that they really don't want to get stuck with, but women are much more likely to get stuck in a relationship with someone. So it's, it's not very smart to play around with a bad boy that you wouldn't want to be with. Right. After, certainly after a certain age, right? Dr. Right. Robert, you know, it's like, come on, you got to get wise. Yeah. Now, this is the thing I wanted to ask you. In terms of men, their brain functions, and I could put the sex part in a box, or the woman I'm having sex with in a box, and I don't get emotionally connected. And where women immediately get emotionally connected once you really sleep with a man. Is that 100% accurate, or do men have to choose not to be emotionally connected or is there something physiological that goes on there what would you found you know i think it's like two circles uh, intersecting you know you have women on one side men on one side and and then you have people in the middle who go both ways you know it's not all everybody is not 
that way. So you can't, I think you can't generalize because there yeah. are some very sensitive men who, you know, react emotionally and get very easily attached. And, and then you have some other women who are just want to have a fling. So I, I don't think you can generalize, but there is a tendency to go in that direction. Yeah. Because that, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah. Kind of idea. Yeah. One. But, you know, I will say, all right, Dr. Barber's a certain age, which we, we won't reveal unless she wants to. I've blabbed my mouth all over since I had twins at 57 and I'm now 76. So everybody gets it. But the fact of the matter is you want to emulate like, wow, which woman is going to inspire me to do things differently than what I've ever done? And that's what keeps you ageless. It's like, now I'm going back to Pilates. I did that 50 years ago because I was a dancer, all right? I'm deciding, you know what? I want to get my 50-year-old body, smoking body back, all right, after the twins. So I'm going back to Pilates. I'm doing osteo strong. I'm doing things that I did before, but I'm going to, I'm revving it up now. Because in my mind, I'm going to have that 50-year-old body. In my mind, I'm going to have that sexual life that I had before. If you focus yourself on that intention, then your brain goes, okay, let's start getting everything ready for that. If you start buying into, oh, I'm too old, or I don't even want to say this stuff, but that I'm too dry, there's, and I'm going to have a doctor that actually has this machine. It's a radioactive machine that goes into your vagina and gets things going. There are things that Dr. Barbara knows that you can take in terms of supplements, DHA, which you can put up your vagina area that keeps it moist. You know, you don't have to dry out. DHEA, it's the precursor to estrogen and testosterone, and it converts into those hormones in your vagina. And it's very helpful, very good for lubrication and increasing the strength of the tissues down there. So yeah. it's very lovely. So yeah. you can go to someone like Dr. Barbara. She can give you a prescription for it. You put it in and, you know, you're a whole different woman. You right. do your Pilates. You do, you know, you pull that energy up into the core of you. I'm going to have a segment about the jade egg where you're actually using the muscles, pulling them up. And so you're starting to feel that energy. So you want to look at people that are inspiring you that are a certain age and then say, all right, what are they doing that can inspire me to live my best life? Because it's not over till it's over. And sexuality, I will tell you, is one of the keys in terms of your own sexuality as a woman, your goddess energy that's flaming hot, cooking hot. When you walk down the street, you're, you're it. And you keep doing that and feeling that. And that's going to keep you young, vibrant, and happy. Most important thing is happy and joyful. It's important to reduce stress. You know, when your stress hormones go up, your sex hormones go down. And oh, wow. Yes, really. So wow. you want to de-stress. You want to do things to, to calm yourself, to soothe yourself. And, um, you know, to, it helps your sex life. I have a, a patient who's in his late 80s and he's having sex every day, you know, wow. uh, with, it, with a, his partner who's also in her 80s. And they are having a great sex life. Well, they're Although, not worried about getting pregnant. That's horrible. No, no, no. They are. They have such a wonderful attitude, and they're having so much fun. Um, they're like like kids. But of course, 
you know, the sex is different, okay? The reactions are not as reliable. But older people learn to adjust. They Mm -hmm. get creative. They find things that they can do. Okay, maybe if they can't have intercourse all the time, they can do oral sex. They can do manual sex. And they they can be very, you have to be very flexible. Yeah, and, and you, have, you have to enjoy it, right? You have to enjoy sexuality and understand that that partner, male, female, in front of you, we're talking about a heterosexual, it could be, yeah. you know, same sex, whatever, is mm-hmm. not your enemy, <laughs> it's your partner. You want to trust them. You want to have a conversation with them. You want to feel like we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. It's together, not one getter. And then it just raises everything up to a higher level of how you live your life. And that's what this agelessness, you don't want to be ageless and be decrepit. And there's nothing in this podcast series that's ever going to look at decrepitude. It's how do you remain young? How to remain, regenerate yourself? How to keep your mind, body, and spirit at 35 or 40 or whatever age you lock into. I'm locking into 40. And so I keep telling my body, looking in the mirror, I'm saying, hey, you're 40. Now, I haven't had face whatever, and la, 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 I will eventually, probably in Argentina when I'm 80. But right now, it is what it is, and I'm having a great time with it. And so you have to feel that I am who I am. It is what it is. And I'm amazing. And that's how you have to move into living agelessly and excited about possibilities and your life. So, Dr. Barbara, what would you like to end with in terms of your message to these wonderful people that are watching our podcast today? Well, Alita, you are an inspiration to your audience. I think you're you're doing it very well, and I, I love your attitude and your enthusiasm and your, your uh, proactive nature about this. So I, I think we all can take a, a leaf from your book and try to be ageless. Well, thank you very much. And by a matter of fact, Dr. Barbara has some really amazing books. You have to look on her website, all about sexuality and intimacy and integrative medicine and et cetera. So check us both out. You might find something that you want to take to the next level of your life with the wise, wonderful, ageless women, Alita St. James and Dr. Barbara saying, we love you and be ageless. 